Okay, a couple of introductions this week. First of all, um, this year tonight is the Ili Nishmas, my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, Zev Ben Shraga Feivel, the very end of his yurtza, which was today on Kav Gimel Iyar. Um, also, with a special mazel tov to my son, Zev Ben Shraga Feivel, who uh, just got engaged this week to Lisa Nolman. And uh, a special uh, introduction also about the Kvod Hashel Achsanya, the special show where this uh, shir takes place. It's called Kilat Chaverim or Kihilas Chaverim. All pronunciations okay. So, and um, and it's a wonderful place to daven, a wonderful place to learn. If you're in Yerushalayim, it's located here in Nachlaot, and uh, their Shabbos davening is special and very lively and full of song. And uh, all are invited to come and uh, connect. Okay. So we're beginning here in Eretz Yisrael, at least Sefer Bamidbar. I'm aware of the fact that people are listening in other countries. But Parshas Bamidbar and much of what's written on Parshas Bamidbar is always an introduction to Matan Torah as well. In many years, Bamidbar comes uh, just before Shavuos or just after in conjunction with. And the very Midbar that we're speaking about is Midbar Sinai, right? Where Am Yisrael were for the receiving of the Torah. So the Svasemis, we're going to start with the Svasemis before we get to the Shem Shmuel. All right, Stella, you were in my Svasemis class. And um, it starts, Heviani Obeisayayin, Vidiglo Alai Ahava. Okay, this is a pasuk from Shira Shirin, where one, the beloved, is describing, he brought me to Beisayayin, Vidiglo, and his flag was above me, Ba'ava, with love. So the Medrash, which the Sasemis will be going with, says that the base Hayayin, on one hand, is Har Sinai, because Torah is Nimshal Liyayin, Torah is compared to Yayin. We all know the gematria of Yayin is the same gematria as Sod. The secret of the world, the true Pneumius of the world, is the Torah. But the number 70 also refers to the 70 nations of the world. Okay, we find that the world is divided up into Shivim Umot, 70 nations, Shivim Loshon, 70 languages that correspond to that. And again, all those things then hybridize and change throughout history, but those are the basic divisions in the world. So what did they see in the Beis Hayayim? They saw the Galim. The Medrash continues. Bishoshen Nigla Baruch Har Sinai. And it's using that word neglect. Har Sinai was a gilui. Har Sinai was a revealing to Am Yisrael of things that the naked eye wouldn't see. So they saw Kodesh Baruch Hu come with Kof Beis Elef Shal Malachim, 22,000 angels. I'm sure there's a meaning to that number. I did not explore to find it yet. Vayukula Masuyim Degalim Degalim. Now all of the Malachim were arranged according to the Galim, banners, flags. Okay, that's how they were arranged. Am Yisrael saw this. Kivin Shirot, Am Yisrael, Shema Suyim, the Galim, the Galim. Once Am Yisrael saw that they were arranged with flags, Hitchilu mit Avim lid Galim. They started to have a taiva, a very strong desire for flags. Amru, they said, Alavai, right? Halavai, Kach Anunasim, the Galim, Kotam. We wish that we could be with flags the way they are. Right, that is the place where the Torah was given, that's Sinai. And they said, we wish that he would 
give us this love, demonstrate his love by giving us flags. It then shifts to a pasuk from Tehillim Perekhov. We will sing out when you save us. We will go with the galim in the name of Hashem. And Hashem will fulfill that wish. Hashem said, What did you want? You wanted to have flags to be arranged? By your life, I'm going to fulfill that request. That's what we see in this week's Pasha, that they are all arranged according to Degel Machne Ruvem, each Degel, Frit Shevet, etc. A very strange Medrash. What was it that they saw that they desired so deeply? How do these Degelim apply to Malachim? Why was this important? For them to see at the time of Matan Torah. What did it teach us? It was part of the gilui of the giving of Torah. It explains something about Torah and our relationship to Torah. What does it show? What does it explain? So the Svasemis explains the following. Going to the idea of Beta Yayin as the place of the 70 nations. This concept that he's about to introduce now is one that may make some people feel uncomfortable, but it's key to Jewish identity. He says the neshamot of Am Yisrael are not part of what we call this world. They are sent into this world. They enter this world. They take on physical bodies, which in many ways are similar to other inhabitants of this world, but in other ways different. It's a body where the males need to have a brismillah. It's a body that needs to be fueled only by kosher food. And we come and we exist in this world for a purpose, to bring this world to its purpose and in fact to benefit all the inhabitants of the world. But this is an essential difference between Am Yisrael and the Shivimuma. He says, Ki There's a land called China. On that land, there's a nation, the people of China. They are Tselem Elohim, they are Adam, they are a tremendous creation that deserves covered, but they are part of this world. Just as the land of China is part of this world that Hashem created, they are part of this world integrally. A Jew may end up in China, but he's visiting. And it's not just in China. Any place in this world where we'll visit. Now you're going to ask about Eretz Yisrael, let's get to that in a second. Am Yisrael is sent to this world, he says, in order to draw them close to Hashem, in order for them to fulfill what they're supposed to, and to bring, a, bring the world to its purpose. Many point out that the Torah was given in the Midbar, not in Eretz Yisrael. Our identity we received in no man's land. The Midbar, when you look in the writings of the Maral and others, is the reason the Torah is given into the Midbar is because the Midbar is not an inhabitable place. It's not a place of Yeshuv, he calls it. It's not a place where people live. Because we receive the Torah, we receive our identity, really outside of the context of this world. That's why we also, as I mentioned the other times, we don't have a particular attachment to going on a quest to find Har Sinai, to go daven at Har Sinai. 
It was simply the location. It was an important location. As we said last week, it had particular characteristics. We received and we went on. What about Eretz Yisrael? Eretz Yisrael is that embassy in this world. It's that place in this world for those people who have that identity. We do not receive our identity from the land. The land was created. It is the unique land. It's the Eretz HaKodesh. And when that nation of people would become the Am HaTorah, Am Yisrael, then when they go into Eretz Yisrael, they're able to live to their fullest. And that place has all of the characteristics that are needed for them to live and fulfill the Torah there. So this is the picture. Heviyani Al-Besayayin is really the story of each Jewish neshama coming into this world. So all of us in certain ways are UFOs. Not UFOs, we're ET, we're extraterrestrials. We come from someplace else. We're here, but deep inside there's always a sense that this isn't our home planet. This isn't our home base. We know that we're supposed to be here, and don't get me wrong, and it's a very important mistake that we must not make. Am Yisrael do not want to exit Olam Hazeh. There's no such thing that it's better not to be here. The Nesil's Yeshayim in the first paragraph describes the transition that the neshama looking at this world at first is horrified. There's nothing there that interests me. Why would I want to leave a spiritual existence and go there and enter a human body and be in the physical world? But then when the neshama realizes that the only way that it's able to actualize its potential is in this world, then the world becomes ahu v'nechmad, beloved and precious to the neshama. Every moment of life is precious to us. Every moment of that shlichut that the neshama is here in this physical world is a beautiful statement by Rabbi Isaac Sher, son-in-law of Alter Slobodka. The Pesach and Tilim says, Right? Go, my children. Many Torah whites. Go instead of come. Listen to me and I will teach you Yeras Hashem. That is what everybody's looking for. So you really want to look to the next Pesach and see what it is. So the Pesach goes on, And then it continues, Okay, so let's look at those two Pesachim. Who is the one who desires life, who loves his days to see good? And then it goes on to tell us that we must be very careful with what we say and not to speak Lash and Hara. He said, many people make the mistake of jumping to that Pasuk of Netzor Shon Chamera without paying attention to Mi Oisha Chavetz Chaim. Mi Oisha Chavetz Chaim isn't an introduction only to Netzor Shon Chamera. Mi Oisha Chavetz Chaim is the lesson. Hashem said, Yerat Hashem Alamedchem, I'm going to teach you. Here it is. Who is the Yerat Shemaim, explained Rabbi Isaac? Someone who loves life. A Chavetz Chaim. Ohev Yomim, he loves every day that he has. Because it has the potential of bringing good, of finding good in the world. So that's very important to understand when we look at this. Nonetheless, the source of our nefesh, the source of our neshama, is really from someplace else. What happened at Matantar? Listen to the following Medrash. It says, Kshabo the Sinai v'nigla lahem, when Am Yisrael came to our Sinai and Hashem revealed himself to them. Hashem spoke, and their neshamas left their goof. Shenema, again, a posuk in Shira Shirim, nafshi when my beloved spoke, my nefesh left. So the Torah objected to this. 
אבל התורה ביקשה להם רחמי לפני הקדוש ברוך הוא. התורה came and asked for רחמי before Hashem. She said, יש מלך מעשי ביטו והורג אנשי בייסו? הר סיני is a wedding motif. It's a wedding, many minhagim of the wedding that we learned from there. It's viewed as the wedding where HaKadosh Baruch whose daughter, the Torah, is being married off to Am Yisrael. And, right, in Sephardi Shuls they have a special piyut, the ksuva, that they read about uh, this wedding. So here, the Torah says, you make a wedding for your daughter and kill all the guests? This is not a, a good party. Right? It says, Kol olam kulos Everyone else in the world is happy and doing okay. Bonech amazing. But your children, who you brought here for this occasion to give them the Torah, are dead. Miyad chazer nishmasim. Their souls came back to them. And this, says the Medrash, is the meaning of the Pasuk until the Torah Hashem Tamima Meshivas Nafesh. The Torah Tamima Meshivat Nafesh. It brings the Nefesh back into the goof. What's the secret of that? Explains the Svasemis. It says, when Am Yisrael saw the Gilui, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu at Har Sinai, they said that's the reality we're supposed to be living in. Not this meat and potatoes reality here, we're supposed to be living in that reality. That's home for us. And the Neshamas naturally went home. The Torah comes and returned the Neshamas to the Guf saying, Yesh Lecha Simcha, right? Torah Sashem Tamimo, Meshivas Nofesh, which means, he says, the nefesh, right, there are different names for our spiritual side. Nefesh, ruach, neshama, chaya, chida. The nefesh is that most interwoven with the physical self, that life force. And don't think it says that the nefesh is cut off from the neshama, from the higher levels. With the Torah, you exist in this world, in a physical world, but you're connected to it. You are living in your place. You are connected to who you really are. The Torah connects you to that which is above this world while you're in this world. You don't need to leave the body. There's a beautiful article. There's a woman, Sari Yochevet Rigler, who lives in the Old City. One of the early articles she wrote, she used to write for H.com, and she had spent many years in India learning different things of meditation and stuff, and she actually wrote about the experience called nirvana, right? which is, seems to be through meditation that you really feel like your, your soul leave your body to an extent. And she said she worked very hard for years and she achieved that state. But she said she finds more significance and meaning in her life now as a Torah-observant Jewish wife and mother in her day-to-day living because she said, okay, I left my body, I came back to my body. So what? She says, here every movement, every aspect of my life is imbued with ruchnis, imbued with spirituality, imbued with significance, and changing and transforming the world. That's what the Torah gives to us. As Shavuos approaches, a person has to ask themselves honest questions. We don't have the mitzvahs of Shavuos that applied in the Beis Amigdash, the special korbanos, the shtei alechem. What we do have we don't have any paraphernalia on Shavuos. We don't have lulav, we don't have esrog, we don't have matzah, we don't have sukkah. What we have on Shavuos is the mitzvah of simcha. The mitzvah to be happy, to be happy about what? About Torah. A person has to think, why am I happy about Torah? What does Torah do for me? Why is it not just something that makes my life more difficult and complicated? 
This is what he's describing here. Torah was designed for you, was designed for your neshama. It provides the oxygen to your neshama. It provides the connection to your neshama. It elevates every single action in this world. Okay, but now, what does it have to do with flags? V'diglo alai ahava. What does the flag do? He says, This is why the Degalim were given to them. Before we get to his answer, let me just read one quote from the Shemishmur. We're going to be interchanging this Rasemus and Shemishmur tonight. The Shemishmur starts by saying, Understanding the image of the flag is to see what flags do in the regular world. The most common place that flags were found were in armies. In war, Right, if you see pictures of old battles, armies going out, you would have the standard bearer. You would have one guy who's going, holding a flag on a very long pole, and that was his job. What do you need it for? He says, because the toelas sheedu hamispardim lachzav limtzos hamerkas loistakul lemachna acher. If a person drifts away from where they're supposed to be, in the heat of battle, sometimes a soldier can get cut off from his comrades. A person drifts away, you end up in other places. You need to get back to where you're supposed to be. When you look up and you can see that banner, you can say, I know I have to go there. Okay, so that in this world is the tafkid of a flag to help you realize where you're supposed to be. The Svazema says, in the spiritual world, what the Torah does as a flag, so to speak, fulfills the following request. This is a line that I've gone over, over and over, and it's a very powerful line. The main, the primary request, yearning, wish of a person in this world, to know what I was created for. What am I supposed to be accomplishing in this world? That's the most powerful yearning that a person has. The saddest thing is for that last moment in life, a person think, I wonder what that was all about. A person wants to know somehow what it was about. That's what they saw at the Malachi Asharis. When Hashem revealed this image of Malachi Asharis arranged with flags, a Malach is, again, we have to erase from our head all these things from the Hallmark greeting cards of chubby little babies with wings floating around. A Malach is an emanation of Hashem's will. A malach, another translation of the word malach is shliach, a messenger. The malach and the mission are one and the same. The name of a malach is simply a description of its mission, of its type of mission or its specific submission. That's its existence. So the malach is arranged by Degel, meaning the malach always knows where it's supposed to be and what it's supposed to do. Without that, it doesn't have existence. Our world is different. He says, How are we supposed to know? We ask Hashem that, Hashem, what's it for? What did you put me here for? Why did you put me in this place? Why did you put me in this time? Why did you make me the way I am with my strengths and weaknesses? I'd like to know so I get it right. But you're in the dark. You don't have that answer aside from the Torah. He says, The light of the Torah gives you a degel. Remember, a flag also had content. A flag would have a color. 
Each shevet had a flag, the color corresponding to the color of the heaven on the Choshen. It would have a symbol, an animal that the shevet's connected to, other things that are there. To enable a person to find the root of his soul, the source of his soul, meaning, what type of person am I? Who am I? How am I supposed to be? Now, people may ask, they say, I've been living Torah for many years. I've been learning Torah for many years. I never seem to get a particular message in there that says, hey, you, sister, this is what you're supposed to be doing in this world. Maybe the great, great people who have deep, deep understanding of the Torah see that. Where do we see it? So the answer is that by a person immersing themselves in a life of Torah, HaKadosh Baruch will send you the situations, the people, the places, the challenges, the opportunities that will enable you to fulfill your mission if in each situation you're looking to the Torah and saying, what does Hashem want in this situation? That darkness is there, but it's not that you don't know what to do. In every situation, you know what to do. And in doing that, you will find your Sharash Nisham. You will fulfill that mission that you're supposed to have. The Sir Tzadik, who was the brother-in-law of the Svasemis, writes in Parshas Kiseitzei, he says, sometimes people imagine to themselves that they know what they were supposed to do in this world. He says, probably not. He says, if you really think, you know, I like, I make the most beautiful sukkah in the world, I'm the sukkah guy, that's why Hashem put me in this world for the mitzvah of sukkah. He says, I suspect probably not. It's probably something you didn't notice. It's probably something that you did, or a type of thing that you did, while just trying to do the right thing in life, and you may not have even noticed. And that was the most powerful expression of who you are and what your kochos, what your powers are in this world, and how you express them. Correct. When the person's alive, they never gave the cover, they never Correct. Sometimes, so many times, the person, you know, during life we don't see, but when the person's not there, yeah, then you see, then you see what vacuum, and you see what was in there, and a person uh, understands it. Okay, so this is a very powerful gift of Torah that a person has. Now, again, first of all, there weren't that many flags. Right? The flags that Amisrael had weren't a different colored flag for every single person. They were for Shvatim. They were things. But nonetheless, what the Svasema says, and the Shem Shmuel we'll see in a second, is it's true. There are different tendencies in a general way. I tend to this form of Avodah Hashem, this type of Torah, these things which are there. But then there are sub-flags for each individual which are there when you connect to the right aspects of Torah, to the teachers of Torah, to the communities, to the friends, to the smart, to the songs that are connected to your Sharish Neshama. So then you as an individual come alive and you're able to fulfill this. Let's listen to what the Shemi Shmuel adds into this. He says, first of all, when a person gets a sense of what he's supposed to be doing, you lose this jealousy of other people and trying to imitate other people or to live other people's lives. Right? He brings um, Chazal the Breshis Rabbah, say, V'nasati lachem leiv bosar. Right? There's a nevuah that Hashem will give us a heart of flesh. Chazal darshan the word bosar as boser. Now, boser are unripe grapes. 
sour little grapes. What does it mean our heart will be boser? He says, boser bechelko shel chavero. That to us, that which is for another person to do will be like sour to us. We will know the sweetness of who we are and who we're supposed to be to the extent that even looking at trying to be someone else or to be someone who's not ourselves will be sour to us. When a person is really connected to the sources of his neshama, he'll, his heart will be drawn to that which is for him, whether in Ruchnius or in Gashmius. Everything from the possessions he's supposed to have in the world of Gashmius, or in terms of Ruchnius, this is what I can do. Other people do this better than me. Other people do something else. You do and you find it. And this is why it was so precious to Amisrael. Another beautiful medrash. The medrash says about the Pasuk in Shira Shirim. Omrim lahem ha'umot, the nations of the world say to Amisrael, Shuvi Shuvi Shulamis. Shulamis is one of the names of Amisrael. He davkulanu, come join us. Bo'et Slainu, come to us. Vanu osim etchem shultonim, hegemonim, duksim, afarksim, esterlatinim. Okay, all sorts of Greek and Latin words meaning you guys smart people. You're talented. Come join us. We are going to make you ministers, kings, professors, chiefs, whatever you could imagine. Come to us. We'll appreciate it. What are you trying to offer us? What do you think you have to offer us? Can you offer anything to us like the dance of our camp, so to speak, the circles of our camp? What Hashem gave for us? Right? We had, we had the going. What are you guys talking about? And he says, the Mephoshim work hard trying to figure out what is so great about that that makes all those other things pale in our eyes compared to it. So he says... He says, what that represents is what's called menucha in Hebrew, naicha in Aramaic. We make a mistake with the word menucha. We think menucha is just to chill, to do nothing, right? I don't got to walk around, I don't got to think, and it can be an important human need to take time to release that pressure. But we realize that menucha isn't necessarily that. Shabbos is a yom of menucha, but you can work really hard on Shabbos. You're making a Sheva brachas for 50 people, right? You're preparing a shir, you're doing bikr cholim. You can be at the point of exhaustion on Shabbos, and yet it's considered a day of menucha. There's a famous targum on a phrase in Tanakh that says, Vatanach ha'aretz, or vatishkat ha'aretz, the land was quiet. The targum says, Vishodich ara. The land had its shidduch, right? And the Darshanim like to talk about that, that that's the idea of a shidduch when you meet your partner. So there's an idea of menucha. Now ask anybody who got married, life isn't necessarily so restful after you get married. They say, ah, okay, now it's restful. Usually life really ramps up after that. So the menucha we're talking about, truly menucha, when you look in the, Ramba, in the Malbim defining that word, is when something is in its place. When something is in its place. The connection to the Sharish Neshama, right? We're used to so many things now that you have to take 
don't know, now phones are different. You used to have to take your phone and put it on its base, and then it charges, right? It draws the electricity when it's there. There's so many things you have to plug into its charger. That's what we mean by menucha. And the Shtei explains what happens. In the Pnimius, we can understand this even more. A person who's connected to the source of their neshama, suddenly you've plugged into the source of your life power. And now you can draw, right, to be shoev, to draw new life constantly. Right? You don't have to pay a monthly fee. There's no maxing out of the data that you have. You can keep pulling and pulling from this mimakoro from your source, and therefore kol yomavu besimcha vechedva nehiru anpi. And if you have that, all of your days are full of joy, happiness, a face which shines with an inner shine vizrach vusadas, and your mind is able to become broadened. You're able to look at the world in a way which is morachav. He says, Al This is the opposite of the usual flesh and blood life in this world. That's mostly suffering, distress, jealousy of other people. The sofa tuga, and it usually ends in sadness and despair. So he says, This is that joy of the flags. This is what we see, what we're supposed to be looking for, what we want. Now, how does one do it? What does one do? HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives you the opportunities, if you're looking for them, to see and to feel and to discover those things that are connected to your Shosh Neshama. There's trial and error involved sometimes. There are different things, but it's legitimate. Part of the idea of different flags, and as we've mentioned many times, there are different ways of Avodah Hashem and Am Yisrael. And the way of one is not necessarily the way of the other. All legitimate, all beautiful, but you're trying to find the one for you. Now, don't make the mistake that means I'm trying to find that Torah community, that Rav, that Sefer that says exactly what I think. Right? Then you're kind of serving yourself. But what we're telling you is you find Menucha there. You find, oh, here I'm able to connect to it. Right, the friend of Shimon Spitzer recently explained that the concept of success in learning Torah means that through your learning of Torah you feel you feel close to Hashem you feel yourself transforming that's what it means it's not just the amount of knowledge that you can be tested on it means that it's affecting you and there's certain things I remember when I was in Yeshiva many years ago Rav Nevin Salshlita, the Rav of the Old City he said many people find a certain safer that you open and you can't get enough of it it's not that the others firm aren't great, but that one is connected to your Sherish Neshama, to that Torah that you're supposed to be drawing life from and bringing life to others from. And, it, and it's important to do a couple of stories, a couple of examples to finish up. Rav Yosef Yudalei Bloch, that's all, was the, um, the Rav of the town of Tells, the Rosh Hashiva of Tells. Um, when he was young, he was noticed by the altar of Slobodka. The altar of Slobodka was working at the time with the altar of Kelm, and he was scouting, so to speak, just like Lahavdil in baseball, you have scouts going out there looking at the different school teams to see who might have talent. So he saw that Loch, this young boy, had tremendous talent in everything they would be looking for. And 
he was learning in the town of Kelm in another yeshiva that was for younger students. In Kelm, there was the famous Beis HaTalmud of the altar of Kelm. This was designed for students who were already older and already accomplished Talmud HaChachom. The altar arranged for Yosef Yudalev to come to the altar of Kelm's shirim. And there were different shirim which had different access. Not everyone was allowed into every shir. He was given the golden ticket. He was invited to every shir that the altar of Kelm gave. At one point, he stopped going. Now, to understand the reality of the world at that time, the Haskola was also scouting in many ways, looking for talented young men in the yeshivas, trying to draw them out of the yeshivas to a more modern and what they felt enlightened way of life. Many people were almost taken. The Chavetz Chaim, Rebaran Cutler, were all hunted in this way. So people were shocked. People in his own yeshiva were shocked when suddenly someone who was given such access to the altar of Kelm stopped going. It started to be a little bit of a rumor mill. Maybe he's not what we thought. Maybe he's become a masculine. At one point, he just stood up in the base medrash and he banged on his stender. He said, I have the utmost respect for the altar of Kelm, who is wise and kadosh and all of these things. He says, just his way is not the way for me. That's not me. I have to find my way. And he did. He found his rebbeim, especially Laser Gordon, who became his father-in-law. He found his own unique form of machshav and musr that he gave over in the Telzi Yeshivas, the Shirai Das, his own derech and limud, Gemara and Shas and Poskim. And that was where he found himself. And that's okay. That's fine. And it's important to understand he didn't look down at the other way at all. But it's also legitimate to say, it's not me sometimes to the extent that you don't get it. That one person looks at a way of Avodah Hashem that other people are thriving on and loving and you start to think to yourself, what's wrong with me? Why am I not enjoying this so much? Why am I not? That could be okay because it's not for you or it's not for you at this time. That might be what's happening. I'll finish with the following example that was personal. A friend of mine was weighing out his path in life and he had a question thinking about certain combinations of what he would do. And there was a great Rosh Hashiva from Eretz Yisrael who was visiting America at the time. So my friend saw him in a shul, and he came over to ask him advice. And he told me afterwards, he says, you know, I asked him for advice about this, and he gave me an answer that I, I couldn't believe he gave me. I couldn't understand it. And he told me what the answer was. And I said, I can't understand it either. I said, you must have not understood it. I said, you just, uh, you know, you got to ask him again. I really don't think either you didn't express your question clearly or you didn't understand his answer. A few days after that, I was davening in a shul in New York and I saw that same rough. So I gathered up my courage and I said, perhaps the rough members, uh, remembers a few days ago, a friend of mine came with the following question. And uh, I don't know if he made himself clear, but um, I don't think he understood the rough's answer because he felt... X, Y, and Z. And the Rav said, exactly. That's exactly what I meant. And I was just, that, that, that was the Rav's answer. He says, yes, absolutely. I'm not going into the details to protect the innocent, so to speak, my friend, etc. This, this Rav was, was one of Gedoli Ador without question. I went to my Rosh Hashiva, who I was very close to, and I asked him, I said, 
couldn't understand what he told me. I, I asked him this question. This was the answer he gave. I simply don't understand. He said, you don't understand because he is not for you and you are not for him. That's a different derech. It's a different way. His greatness is unquestionable. But that's not you and that's why you don't understand. So it's important for us to realize this. It's important for us to yearn for this, to search for this, to respect it in other people, to foster it in other people, to understand that if a person has joined in with you in what you're doing and it's not for them, there's not necessarily something wrong for them. Try to help them what's right for them. It's not looking down. It's enjoying the richness of the degolim that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us. And it's all part of the quest of each of us finding that Sherish Neshama. And when we do that, as the Shem Shmuel said, we're tapped into an ever-flowing source of life, of light, of joy, of wisdom, of being able to see the world and being able to live our life to the fullest. That's why we daven for Torah. That's why we love Torah. That's why we're looking forward to Matan Torah. And it was so important that HaKadosh Baruch showed us that before the giving of the Torah. Even though the Torah looks like it's the same for everyone, we all get the same mitzvahs. We all have these things. Nonetheless, the Torah has many flags. And when you capture your flag and find it, so then you're fulfilling your mission. And that's the Iker quest of a person in this life. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Wonderful. Good.